Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. And talking about making a living, we're talking about something that usually people do not talk about, money. I'm really curious to know, does talent equal money? So I found my good buddy, Bob Wheeler, uh, who is an accountant, actually not just an accountant, but CFO for the Comedy Store in Hollywood. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Judy. It's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's great to be here and, and really give the truth to the people listening to this about money. Because I know, first of all, talk a little bit about what you do and you do... Um, yeah, so um, I have a CPA practice. I do taxes. I have about a thousand clients. I mostly work with entertainers, and I'm also the CFO at the Comedy Store, where I work with more entertainers. And one of the things that I found really interesting was people that seemed very successful were having all kinds of financial struggles. And so I ended up writing a book about the emotions of money, because it's a it's a it's an area that people don't really focus on. And it's, I've been amazed to find like how many blocks and how much people often don't feel like they deserve what they're receiving. Ah, fear of success. Fear of Is success. that what we're talking about? So to get this straight, you're the CFO of the comedy store mm -hmm. and you also do the tax returns for a lot of comics. That's right. Like how many comics do you think you've done returns for? Oh. <laughs> um, paid ones or freebies? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've probably done a few hundred. All right, a few hundred. So you know how much people are making. Yeah. You know who... We can't mention because that would be right. private, so we're not going to really talk about specific people. But uh, have you been surprised to see a tax return of, let's say, someone who's really hit it? Yeah, it's... Well, what's interesting is often there's a belief... Like people that are celebs... When you actually see their returns, they're often not making as much money as people think they're making. You know, it's that's you're actually about celebrities. You're talking about I'm talking about comics and stuff where you go, oh, that person's really hit it, and you would, and the ones that are like, look, I'm doing so great. When you actually get into the numbers, not so great. And then what's surprised me is the quiet ones that are like, yeah, it's been okay. I actually get in, and wow, they are making money, and. They're just quietly doing their thing. They're not making a lot of fanfare. They're just now. Are these people who I would know? Are they um, some of them? You or? would some of them you would know. Mm -hmm. And what I've what I've found is, and I think what it is, the ones that are successful and have money sort of downplay that because they still want to be able to. Like I'm thinking of somebody in particular who's making millions of dollars now, but when they perform, you'd think that they're still living a blue collar, uh, basic wage kind of thing. But the truth is, they're making mega bucks. So they do that for their branding, for mm -hmm. their image. Yeah, you know, because of people, because people don't want to go. I can't wait to see this millionaire comic. My right. God, he I can't so wait to buy more. some, you know, buy some bling and uh, the merch and. <laughs> yeah, I just want to help make him richer. No, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't work well. So. Let's talk about a couple things that I want to make sure that I get in here. And that is, is let's talk about 
the emotion of money of someone who is beginning, because a lot of people listening to this podcast are people who've been told over and over again, I'm, you know, you're so funny, you should be a comedian, right. over and over. Right. And so they go, okay, I, I think I do have talent, I'm always making people laugh. And they start to do the open mic scene, or they take right. a class, and they have success, you know, mm -hmm. they're really good, but they can't get to the next place. So there's a couple things. It's great, you discover you're funny, you have a passion for it. If you're going into it, thinking, oh, great, I'm going to make a million dollars in the next year, like sort of the wrong attitude going in from my perspective. If you love what you do, that's fantastic. Find jobs that help you um, achieve that goal. So you may be working at, you know, a drugstore or, uh, you know, a fast food place to get enough money to keep you doing what you love. Um, but if you're going in for the money, I, th I think it just takes you out. Yeah, but... But there is that thing that, okay, I need to travel to make, you know, to, to make some money. I need yeah. to send money to my family. Right. And how do I, how do I do that? Have you found people who are doing some unique things to make ends meet and, and to keep going until they hit? And then I want to make sure that we talk about not the people who have hit, but how people are making money right. and they're not household names. So let's just talk about that beginning comic because I know yeah. they're listening right now and they want to know that. So uh, for somebody that's just starting out, it's important to remember that this is show business. It's not just show. And so it's important to sit down and make a list of goals and actually tell yourself, I want to be able to be a headliner or I want to be able to bring in this kind of money uh, do I do that by doing corporate events? Do I do it by just doing clubs? Like really getting clear what's my market, who's my audience, and then and then see if that's sustainable. You know, if your target market is you know ninety five year old folks, you you know it, it may not have a big audience. Um, so it's like really knowing where you're going to fit in and make that happen. <laughs> 95, you don't have a big... I have to tell you, there are more baby boomers now than ever before, and I just was thinking I just did a retirement gig, and it was great because they're not heckling. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. The re I joke about Can't the... Leave. I joke about the 95-year-old, and I don't remember who I was talking about with it. There's a, there's a woman that's doing comedy for senior citizens. The reason... She, and she's hit it big... And she's got a huge following on YouTube and everybody's following her because there's nobody else doing. Jeannie Robinson. Uh, so, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like, right. So like find your market, find yeah, your so, audience. Okay. So let's go back to this point. When you're just starting off, um, it, it might be best to, while you're busy finding your persona and developing it and getting, getting good and getting your material and getting stage time to start noticing which jokes are hitting and what does that indicate in terms of your market, right? Right. That's that's super good. Now, now people I know are thinking, okay, what kind of markets are there? What, what are you talking about? I'm just going around to comedy clubs, trying, you know, trying to get good. I want to get a, I'm trying to get a spot at the comedy store itself and, you know, and having a hard time. But let's talk about, I mean, no one's going to make money from the comedy store, right? Not, a, no. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're going to make money from the exposure and doing really well there and then going elsewhere. Did they give you that um, comedy store 
sweatshirt they wearing? did <laughs> they so did there i did some swag there right? are some There's swag some i got okay. some swag i didn't pay for it i worked there for 30 years i've never got a freaking t-shirt oh man well we couldn't afford them back then now yeah. we now we can afford them okay. the well here's the thing there's different kinds of markets like for example if your comedy is really blue it's really dirty you're not going to get corporate events the banks aren't going to hire you right it, it's so again if you're trying to hit college kids you can be as blue as you want if you're trying to hit um you know let's say a religious community or if you're trying to hit you know moms you know single moms like you're gonna have a different you're gonna have a different set and so really knowing what what's gonna like hit with that market because i mean there are there's all kinds of there's all kinds of communities there's different you know um places to take that but i think it's important to know it's not going to happen overnight. If it does, you might get lucky that way. But for the most part, it doesn't happen that way. And and have something as a backup just to bring in the income? So the problem is for a lot of comics is knowing the market. Right. You know, we don't, we're not the kind of type that does R&D, <laughs> right? We don't right. do R&D. Because we talk about um, comics as a business. Right. But, I mean, how often would a comic really go and, yeah, let me research the various markets and see if I can, you know, streamline my, you know, um, PR to fit that. And it's just, you know, that's not how it happens. Well, you know, the thing, though, what I've noticed is there are a lot of people that are funny. There's a lot of people that are funny. And but once you actually start doing the work and showing up the clubs and working out the material, you got to keep showing up, right? You got to like, you got to put in the time. And I think a lot of people think, oh, if I just go out and do five or six sets, I'm going to be discovered. I'm going to get my TV show and I have a HBO special. You got to put in the work. And that's where I think sometimes people get a little disheartened because, you know, you've got to have a few bombs. You got to like, you got to like have some struggles. And I'm a, I, a comic was telling me about, uh, person that she met that was headlining and they said I'm really terrified because um I'm actually some people saw a video of me they thought I'm really funny that's all I have right and that happened with one of the comics on last comic standing they won but they actually didn't have more than 15 minutes they got all these bookings to headline and it completely failed Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Too bad we can't name names. It's going to be such a gossip bitchy session. So you know, I mean, so it's yeah. like no, be ready for your be ready for your your opportunity. Okay, so we'll since we're talking about in terms of business, I'm going to put it in terms of business. Yeah, develop your product. Develop you your selling? product. Okay, That's right now I want to know specifically about where people who are not a household name, where are they making money? Let's just go specifically where. So a lot of comics are starting to make money, believe it or not, from podcasts, which has surprised me, um, like really good money. Uh, they make it from merchandising and selling, you know, coming up with a clever catch, catchphrase and, and selling T-shirts or some kind a of swag. Catchphrase. That's what I need. Yeah. I'll make you funny if you got the money. Exactly. No. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Like, okay. um, like, well, Vicky Barbalek came up with Trailer Nasty right before America's Got Talent. They're selling t-shirts like insane. She's insane. insane. Well, she, okay, Vicky Barbalek, as well as the guy I'm talking to right now, started mm-hmm. my stand-up class. Yeah. And um, 
and and that and that's great to see. So you went to uh, um, doing comedy tax returns. That's so funny. So okay, so let's talk about um, the other kinds of markets. So we have um, the corporate market, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You've got the college. The college market is huge. There's a mm-hmm. there's a um, what do you call those things? Convention, trade show where you go and you can NACA. It's called yeah. And NACA and and with NACA, you know, you said that oh, if you want to do colleges, you can be um, dirty as possible. That was when you went to college, <laughs> Bob. Everything is so politically uh, correct now. now. Uh, oh my gosh! Now colleges are so conservative. Yeah, Seinfeld has said he stopped doing them because you have to be so politically correct. But when I was doing colleges, you audition. Mm-hmm. And they co-op by you, right? And so I would my the most fun I ever had was, and the most money I made before I. No, I haven't actually. I realized I haven't been famous yet. I keep thinking before I became a household name. Anyway, uh, but I realized oh, I haven't become a household name. But anyway, um, was um, they booked me? So I did eight gigs. Mm-hmm. In ten days, in the college market, I I, I got went to Texas. Rented a car, drove from one city to the next, was really nicely worked out for me. And I was making really good money for back in those days, like yeah. 20, however long it was ago it was. All right. So, the other, well, I'll here tell comes you, retirement home. The retirement. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Okay. So, th- there's that. Yeah. And then, what, what other ways? Well, so I, I, I know a particular comic, and I know a few people have done this, not my cup of tea, but. I know a couple of comics that have um, become bookers, like they book rooms, they book a room at the comedy store or, or the improv. Um, I can say that even though I'm a comedy store person, but um, and they make like they've built it up. They know how to promote and fill a room, and they put in a couple of headliners. They make about seven to ten thousand dollars a week booking shows. Wait, how does, because they're getting a cut of the door? They get a cut of the door. And these are bringer shows? Yeah. So then they get to perform at their own show. Right. And then, now these people that are doing it high caliber, they've, but they're booking in a couple of high profile names that come out and do it for free or they give them money. I don't know what they do on that end. I just know the checks that we write <laughs> are nice. And how, how do they get an audience? Um, they have a massive email list and they... I'm sure when I know like the one I'm thinking of now that, you know, we write large checks to started out maybe only making a couple thousand, you know, it a week initially. It probably took him about five years to get it to the point where he's making seven to ten thousand um, a week. Seven to ten thousand a week. Now, you're saying we the comedy store writes checks to him mm-hmm. because he wrote he books one of the rooms there, like mm-hmm. the belly room or oh, the bigger rooms or the bigger rooms, the bigger rooms. All right. But he's proven. But he's a promoter. He He's a promoter. And I have several friends that were comic promoters and have done quite well with the money because that gives them the opportunity to perform. And then, of course, other people want to book them because they want to get into their show. And um, if, you, if you're good at that kind of stuff, social media and promoting, you can make, you can make bank. Well, and I know that it's not just done in uh, the stores. I just uh, did a show for Wendy Liebman, who runs uh, an Italian restaurant. They have a really nice theater. Right. And it's in the valley here in L.A. And they get an older crowd. And she books comics her age and my, you know, my age and what have you. And and it's uh, Arsenio Hall just did it. She gets a great lineup. Yeah. But then I realized I didn't think, oh, 
She's making big bucks. So yeah. that's a really great idea. And, and you have to be a good producer because I know Wendy Liebman really, really works and and really works her um, connection to comics as well. And that's right. very important. And that's super important. So uh, some friends of mine used to run a, a comedy night at the Hollywood Cemetery. And people would come out just because it was comedy at the Hollywood Cemetery. And Sarah Silverman and all these other people would come in down and doing it just because it was fun. And they would get two, 300 people coming down just because it's different. And how do you get in touch with, like, if let's just say I'm in Kansas and I've got like a, uh, you know, I'm getting something going, but I want to get someone like Sarah Silverman. How do you just call their agent or their publicist or? Well, no. If you go that route, then you got to, they want their cuts and all that yeah. stuff. You've got to get to the comics direct. So I know a lot of comics um, that will go and perform as a favor to somebody that's a booker um, because they just happen to know them and they've established a relationship. And they're like, yeah, I'll come down and do it. But if you try to go, but they'll say, don't call my agent. Right. right, because the agent's going to want. Well, I want my yeah. cut, and we got to do. Oh di- no, I, 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 going through an agent is very, very difficult. It's going to cost you a lot of money, and it's not going to happen. Of money and not going to happen. So you got to use your connections. Okay, so you've given like uh, there's a lot of creative ways you talked about um, corporate, colleges, podcasting, um, book booking a show, right? And I would imagine also YouTube. I know. Yeah, uh, I was coaching Jenna Marbles, and she just um, makes really good bucks from advertising, getting followers. And YouTube is a great way. It's amazing how many people actually make a just a living, a full living off of doing YouTube stuff. Yeah, and then you can also. Sell your reel-to-reel recorders on eBay. Anyway, so there are yeah. I actually did a blog about 46 websites that could make you uh, really good money yeah. while you're looking to hit it. Now, w- another thing I want to talk about, till, uh, and then I want to end with the emotional thing of, of comedy, is, is that when people are, you're saying they're celebrities, they're, they're rich, and you see their taxes, like, they're not really making good money. What are they spending it on? So, especially in L.A., uh, a lot of people eat out lunch and dinner seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? I'm going to lose everything from lunch and dinner? I mean, uh, well, people are spending like 50 bucks, and then I got to get my Jamba Juice or whatever. I got to get my, you know, $10. Like, next to my office, they sell carrot juice and celery juice. 12 bucks. And people are just oh so yeah, I gotta have it. It's the little stuff. It's, it's the small. little stuff. Oh, oh yeah, that's interesting. It's not it's not the big stuff. It's all it's the it's little all the little stuff, stuff that it's adds up. It's Jamba juice. It's a coffee. It's a dinners. It's the I, hookers. I was at a comics uh, the other night and I was stopping by and they went oh wait 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 I gotta get my Grubhub and thirty dollars for their little personal size pizza thirty bucks because yeah. it was convenient and. That's where a lot of the money goes out the the window because people aren't really paying attention to the small stuff because they're like, oh, it's twelve bucks, it's ten bucks, it's twelve bucks. You do that ten times a week. Yeah, it adds up so quick. Okay, so finally, what is stopping people from success? I know I have I have that a a bit. You know when yeah. I I actually did negotiation like this, Bob. I'm really embarrassed to talk about it. But they wanted me for a commencement speech. And they wanted me to do 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And they said, yeah, and we have a budget for 15000 And I went, oh, it's right 
up the block, you know, it was mm -hmm. in Newport Beach, right near me. Yeah. What did they want? 10 minutes? I said, yeah, I'll do it for 5000 They had offered me 15000 Right. <laughs> right? 15000 Right. And I negotiated down. Down to... Because it was like 10 minutes. <laughs> it was like a 20-minute drive for me. Right. And I just... Couldn't accept fifteen thousand for it. Right. I I just what could I or you know what could I do in ten minutes that would be worth fifteen? I I mean it 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 just so obviously I have a problem. What is it? So there's there is this thing about self worth or I have to work really hard to get that fifteen thousand. Like it can't be easy. So maybe I'm working hard for five thousand, but fifteen is just too much of a gift, and I just can't have a gift. It, I've got to struggle there. You know, I, I still feel like a lot of artists, even when they're successful, a little bit of that starving artist bleeds in. Like, I've had people say to me, well, you know, you can't be a true comic or a true artist if you're actually doing really well, which I don't believe for a minute. But I think that a lot of people do, you know, fear of success is, 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 is a big thing. And a lot of people, what I do with a lot of people when I start working with them, I'll say, do you, are you ready to do the work? Do you feel like you deserve it? And sometimes clients will go, yeah, no, I don't deserve it. Do you want to do the work? No. Well, there's nothing we can do because they've already decided I'm going to be blocked. And I think it's important for people starting out to check it with themselves. Do I believe that I deserve to go down this path? Because society does not encourage creatives, right? And in, especially in L.A., when you're creative, they're like, you should do it for free because you're going to get exposure. So I have to say to myself, I deserve it. I deserve it. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe in mantras like that. I, I well, and see a therapist, I guess. So <laughs> um, I just want to recap some of the things that you said, because I find them so valuable. I, I find it that I, I was so sure you were going to say, well, people aren't making it. You, you know, celebrities, you know, don't have any money because, you know, they're spending a publicist, they're spending a manager, they're spending all of that, and you're shaking your head no. no. No, it's not that. That's an investment in your career. What it is, it's the small stuff. And then you're for people who are just starting out, just keep doing it, be passionate about it, do it, and at the same time, start looking to see who your audience is, who is that audience, where do they gather, what other comic is playing to that audience? Mm -hmm. How do I get in front of that audience? I know people who just do synagogue gigs right, and absolutely. church gigs, and Ab they make good money. And they from make great it. money because most of the people making a lot of money. That's like maybe the one percent because there's a lot of us who are in that middle range, mm -hmm. right? And right. we're making fine find money, able to buy a house and things, but we're not like starring in our own TV show, right? Right. Okay, so there's all the other people. So know that, know that there are things you can do to get yourself out there. And then the final thing to get out of your way is yourself. Get yourself out of the way. And, and, and that money is hooked to emotion. We are running out of time, but I want you to talk about your book a bit, just about what's, what's in that book and... Yeah, so actually, um, I did write a book, The Money Nerve, Navigating the Emotions of Money, and it was actually partially inspired by a comic who was crying to me that they shouldn't have gone into comedy because all their brothers and sisters were doctors and all the good things that a good Jewish kid was supposed to do, and so they were just crying. It's 
there's people think it's black and white just like oh it's two plus two is four no we have so much emotional attachment about having success thinking we deserve it actually saying this is what i want and this is what i'm going to go for because we say oh it's great go for your dreams but the minute you actually state your dreams people try to shame you make you wrong tell you that you need to get a real job and you have to just trust yourself and find people that will support your creativity because that's what's going to nurture your soul and nurture your creativity. So we're going to end it right there. And also, what's the name of your podcast? Money You Should Ask. Money You Should Ask, where you will find myself as a guest. And just, I think, because we always like to give an exercise at the end of the podcast. And I think the final exercise, which is simple to do and do it all this week, when someone asks you what you do, don't say in a way as I want to be a comic. I'm, you know, want to, I'm trying to be uh, a motivational speaker. It's. I'm a comic. I'm a comic. I'm a successful comic. Absolutely. And, and you know, success can be. You got one laugh in that three-minute set you did. Absolutely. That's successful. I'm getting up there. I'm a comic. Absolutely. Thank you, Bob Wheeler. Thanks so much. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com, where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.